So how has life in the deep freeze been for you? Hasn't helped my voice, as you can tell. Uh, We are appearing to come out of this freeze, but what we're looking for this morning, what if any damage has been done to our fisheries as a result of these freezing temperatures? We are looking for fish kills. If you've seen any, let us know. Text that information to us at 504-260-1870 and also report it to a Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries location. Tell them what species, approximate number, and we'll also check in with our field reporters, get their observation as reports as we finally begin a little bit of a warm-up today. Special guest coming up in our second hour, Daryl Sherman, Stella Plantation, going to talk about gunning for a cure, and you can join us out there. It's not too late. He'll tell you how to get involved. For you hunters, well, we're kind of winding down. Uh, got some small game season still on. Prime time for a rabbit, really, with this vegetation killing freeze. Still got some goose conservation order. Hunting preserve for quail. And if you can find them, wild quail still got another week to go. Turkey season's coming up. Time to get out there and do some scouting. We'll also preview this week's Bayou Wild TV show and invite you to uh, come have lunch with us at Covington's Etouffee Restaurant. We'll have details when and where you can visit with our film crew. And also, we got this week's bad boy of the outdoors. He's a second and third time offender. His story will be coming up. Also, your text messages are welcome, 504-260-1870. Weather forecast today, uh, a little bit on the fence if you're headed offshore. East, 10 to 15, 2 to 4 foot seas. Uh, tomorrow, it's going to be a little bit stiffer, but out of the southeast, 15 to 20. And as far as the interior lakes and bays, east winds 5 to 10, smooth conditions today, southeast 10 knots tomorrow with a light chop. Uh, your Lake Pontchartrain water temperature kind of warming up, 46 degrees. Uh, some of the marsh areas still a little bit dangerous for the fish. Average tide, 1.2, so you got a lot of water moving. Not too bad of a day, but I would suggest starting your trip a little bit later. It's 27 degrees right here at St. Hubert's Cathedral, where you're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque. Well, earlier this week, I got a message from Robbie Campo that the Jubilee was on by the Wachlosky Bridge in Baila Lutra down in St. Bernard Parish, and the redfish was stacked up in the deep holes there in the canal. I hope it didn't get too cold or where we lost any of those fish. Robbie, any fish kills thus far in your area? No, Don, we didn't see any evidence of any fish, uh, you know, any speckled trout dead or, you know, any any fish at all dead. Um uh, not yet. Um, I know Texas took a beating last week, uh, but I don't think our temperatures got. You know, we didn't. We didn't have. We didn't have what Texas had. Um, but it did get. It did get pretty cold here. We had some broken pipes and you know, the stuff that you can expect with a with a with the freeze coming through. Uh, but for the most part, Don, no, we didn't have. I don't. You know, I, I didn't see any fish kills yet. Um, I do know that they did catch some redfish up the bayou. Matter of fact, there's people fishing there right now. They got there early. They're there fishing up by the bridge right now. Um, What we have going on today is we have really low tide today. So if today is your day to fish and you're going to come out and you're going to go fish out of the boat, um, be careful running around. 
Now, we do have the wind blowing out of the north-northeast here at about 12 knots. Um, uh, I think that water is going to come up some today. Um, but with that said, it's still the water temperatures at 48 degrees this morning here. Um, uh, I know it was 32 at my house when I left. I dropped to 31 on a full lane coming down. And when I got down here, it's 34. We get that lake effect, which usually warms it up just a couple degrees. But nevertheless, it's still pretty cold outside. Um, but if you, if I was going to go fishing today, um, today is the day where you go with a Carolina rig or a jig head, and you go by the dam, uh, any place that has a deep hole, um, east by you, uh, you know, maybe up, you know, Hopedale Lagoon, anything that's draining some big lagoons into – uh, into, into some bayous with some really deep turns. Um, you know, the Jubilee just doesn't happen right at the bridge. It happens all over the place where there's a deep, where, you know, where there's a deep turn. Um, and I don't really believe beggars are going to be choosy today with what bites the line. I think they'll just they'll take if a sheephead, um, redfish, or whatever bites the line, I believe today, you know, is going to be sufficient. Um, Don, um, you know, I said, I really believe it's going to, you know, you could kill, still catch some fish today. Um, I think if I was going to try fishing today, I'd go by the dam down here at Hopedale. But that's usually a good spot. It's 40 feet of water, and they, they, they stack up right there also. So, um, you know, and all that requires is a little bit of dead bait uh, on, on a jig head or with, a, with, you know, with a split shot sink or a Carolina rig and cast it straight down and see. I mean, I, I think you could really catch some fish today. Robbie, for those people that are fishing in the canal by the bridge, there's a lot of private property there. Give some people some idea about certainly they should clean up after themselves, but do they need to ask permission or are there certain areas that they allow people to fish on the banks there? Well, there is, um, you know, Don, like last uh, Tuesday and Wednesday when they were really in there, um, and and it wasn't in there stacked up like I've seen in previous years. The only place that they caught any amount was right underneath the bridge, so that's the deep spot. Um, and, and there is some private property around there, but, you know, usually when these things happen, Don, they don't really say too much. Uh, you know, they let them fish off the side of the road. You know, nobody really says too much. But, yeah, just clean up after yourself if you don't, you know. I mean, we did a bayou cleanup last week. Um, Don, I, I wanted to touch base with that a little bit. We picked – I didn't get a total on a tonnage yet. But I know that we did pick up five of those big garbage trucks, I mean, it was big parish trucks full to the top of trash that we pulled off the banks of of, uh, of Shell Beach Bayou here and down in Hopedale. So, um, and and all we did was put a dent in it, Don. I'm telling you, we've got to, we're going to have to do another one of these things. Um, we didn't get the people that we expected to come out. We had about, about 45 or 50 people cleaning up, but... Um, uh, we had some Boy Scouts out here doing, uh, helping out, which was a really good deal. Um, but uh, the weather was, you know, it was it was it was cold. It was blowing. Um, it, we didn't get much sun that day. Last Saturday it was kind of cl- overcast and cloudy. But uh, but nevertheless, we did pick up a lot of the stuff here in Shell Beach. We we had a, you know, it was a really good day for that. No gnats that was blowing, so we didn't have any gnats to deal with. But I, I tell you, Don, it 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 definitely made we made an impact, and um, and we we really need to do another one. Hopefully, we could, we're going to try to plan one in March, um, uh, again to you know try to get these these rest of these bayous cleaned up. 
and uh, just make the make this place look more presentable. You know, so that's um, that's the plan. Well, that is a tough, dirty job, and a big thank you goes out to all those people that pitched in and helped make it a success. Let us know when the next one's coming up. All right, Don, we'll do, buddy. So uh, hook the left right. of the bridge and come on down and see us. All right, talk to you later. Gotcha. Bye-bye. All righty, and we'll be right back after this timeout. Sounds like that big bass is in my throat right now. <laughs> you know, right now is a great time to be fishing with frogs. Uh, Berkeley, a division of Pure Fishing, who brings you the Jeff Brewer Report. They've got an exciting new lineup, three new baits, two soft baits infused with their proven fish-catching power bait formula, the beaten paddle frog, and the buzzing speed toad, and a unique bait, the Berkeley Power Pop, a super-high flotation frog. Check them out, Berkeley, a division of pure fishing. Jeff, uh, I guess if we ever going to do it, this would be the time to talk about fishing freshwater with winter patterns. Oh, yeah, it's that time of year with this cold weather and water. I've got some reports that the water temperature on the North Shore is in the, like 41, 42, and that is, that's extremely cold for us. Uh, we rarely get that cold this time of year or any time of the year. Uh, but you can do some things. You can still catch a few fish. Uh, what you're looking for is uh, some deeper water and jerk baits. Jerk baits just a, a good cold water tactic. Uh, there's some float and suspended models you can get. Um, but th- really, the key to them is what depth the lure runs. You want to look at the package and the bill and see how far down, and kind of use that to gauge the water you're fishing to ha- what kind of lure to use. Like in South Louisiana, we rarely have over 10 feet of water in the marsh. Now, if you get up on some of the North Shore areas, they can be a little bit deeper. But usually something that runs four to six foot in a 10-foot hole is what you're looking for. You know, shallow running jerk baits, some of them that float will come back up. But the ones that suspend are good. Uh, you know, I like the Berkeley Cutter 90, and then they have this hit stick, this new lure to come out, and it's pretty good when you're targeting cold water fish. And all you do is just work the bait down to that, level of water six foot and and just let it sit just wait six five to six seconds in this cold water and just jerk it again back down and just let it sit it's slow fishing but when the fish are this cold they're, they're not really aggressive and most of your bites are light you want to get like a medium light to medium action rod to uh work the bait because a lot of times if when you jerk it and you stop, and then when you go to jerk it again, that's when the fish have it. You hardly ever kill the bite with some of these lures. Every once in a while, I want to pull it off and bend your rod, but for the most part, it's real um, slow fishing, but um, it can be good when the water is very, very cold. Jeff, what about spinnerbaits for our spinnerbait guys? Well, I like to do a slow thumping single Colorado spinnerbait this time of year. Just let it go to the bottom, kind of slow, slow roll it. Bounce it off the cover on the bottom. Try to find grass or wood or anything on the bottom. But really, the slow thump and retrieve that you can feel with your rod tip. You know, vibrating jigs will do the same thing. Uh, but usually, a spinnerbait will go over the cover a little bit better than the, the vibrating jigs will. But when you get a warming trend, you want to go back to these dead ends, and that's usually where the water warms up first. And we're really in the spawn time for Louisiana, but with this cold water, that's kind of put on the back burner but any kind of warm-up you're going to get in the next few weeks that's where you want to go with something slow and thumping and try to find those fish 
Jeff, this would have to be time of the year to use the old jig. Oh, yeah, that's probably the number one cold water bait. If it's below 50 water temp, you want to put a pork trailer on. You can buy these natural pork skin trailers, and they have a lot more action than the plastic does when the water gets real cold. Above 50, it doesn't really matter what you use any other, as far as the plastic versus the pork. You still can use the pork, but I usually go back to plastic because it's a lot easier to deal with. Uh, Berkeley makes a meaty chunk. It's a just a kind of a flapping tail trailer that you put on the back of your bait. And you can adjust the colors of your bait, skirts, and trailers to imitate either brim or crawfish, wherever you think the fish might bite on it. It's, it's a big profile bait, so even in some muddier water, it, it'll produce fish. You got your black and blue skirts with a blue chunk. That's kind of a standard Louisiana setup. But then you can add a little orange to it, a little green to it. Sometimes it looks more like a uh, brim. So you can change it up to, to adapt. Uh, but if you're a beginner with a, a jig, I'd suggest you use some spider wire. The, the braid just helps you feel the light bite. But a lot of times those bigger fish, I'm not a very good jig fisherman because I hardly can ever tell when the bigger bites are on those jigs. These guys that do it a lot and got experience, it's amazing how they can catch some big fish on a jig. But it's a tough thing to learn, but uh, spider wire will help you uh, get more bites and detect them. Yeah, it definitely is one of the more difficult baits to master. I have a lot of trouble fishing with a jig, just don't have the confidence in it. Jeff, what about white perch? You know, uh, we're fearing fish kills for the speckled trout and redfish, but rarely would you ever get a freshwater fish kill. They just seem to be able to take it better. Will that? What will it take for those white perch to pick up again? Because the fishing had gotten really, really good. Yeah, I went on to Chifocto a couple of weeks ago, and, they were starting to set up in the docks and stuff, going back in the canals. The bass were in the back of the canal starting to set up. They weren't, you know, a big number of them, but you could tell they were. that was the primary pattern. <clears throat> but the, the cold water is not going to impact them as much on the North Shore because the places are so deep up here. They're going to move out to these deep, deep holes. And the water temperature will be on the bottom in these deeper holes. It'll be a lot warmer and safer for them to be out there in that deep deep water so they you rarely get fish kills the reason they get them along the coast and stuff because the water's so shallow in some spots that they just can't get out of the very cold water and they just end up end up freezing uh, just hypothermia for the for the fish because when you get these water temperatures dropping in the high 30s and 40s it just it stuns the fish and a lot of times it just kills them i know texas is having a major problem on their coastline <clears throat> i've seen some reports that They've had some freezes over like in the 80s and 90s like we did, and it's going to end up probably hurting their fishery over there because they really got hit a lot harder than what we did here. Yeah, they absolutely did, and uh, they're still getting reports. Uh, most of well, They've got five big bay systems that had pretty extensive kills and included sheephead, mangroves, uh, speckled trout, snook, even tarpon, and a lot of bait fish like mullet and, and pinfish too, so... Uh, hopefully we will not have had that problem. Maybe it didn't get quite as cold, and those fish had a chance to get to deeper water before the temperature really dropped out of the bottom on them. If I hear any fish reports, I'll be sure to send them to you on fish kills. But I think overall we've been lucky. We survived some hurricanes this year that could have killed a lot of fish, and uh, this cold weather can do the same thing to them. So nature can be a pretty pretty tough place to try to make a living. 
<laughs> no doubt. Thanks for the report, Jeff, as always. We appreciate it. See you next time. Thanks, Don. All right, Jeff Brule, our freshwater fishing reporter. we got more reports coming up. Stick around. We're back right after this pause. All right, sorry for the scratchy voice. I <laughs> uh, got the river rat saying he turned the radio on. He thought his grandma was doing the show. <laughs> He'll be praying for me. Well, thank you, river rat. Maybe that's what I need. You know, the, the real bummer about this thing is I feel great. Just got no voice. Well, hopefully you just have to put up with it for the rest of the show. We'll be back again next week with a good, strong voice. All right, we continue to check around for fish kills. If you see any, uh, you need to notify Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. You can also text what you saw to us here at 504-260-1870. Uh, most susceptible would be speckled trout, uh, red drum, black drum. Uh, when that water temperature gets below 40 degrees for longer than a day, that's when the real problems pop up. Uh, the fish become stunned. They have trouble swimming, and eventually they will die. Uh, the, the important factor is how fast that water temperature drops. If it's a slow drop, they can escape the deeper water. Evidently, what happened in Texas, where they've had some pretty extensive kills, uh, water got much colder and gotten colder quicker and didn't give those chance of fish a chance to survive. And I do want to caution you, if you're out on the water and you come across a fish kill, uh, it's okay to pick up the fish, but your creel and size limits are in effect. Anything above that or under the size or over this minimum size, uh, those would be illegal. So keep that in mind. All right, we're going to pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify, and we'll be back with some more right after these stations tell you who they are and where they are along the outdoors with Don Dubuque. Wanted to take a minute to talk about an opportunity for anyone who's interested in a career in the coastal restoration field. There's a program that's being put on by Fletcher Technical Community College. They're located in Homa. It's coming up in a couple of weeks. It's an entire week course. It begins on Monday, March 8th, and wraps up that Friday, March 12th. It's going to be held on the community college, and what they'll be talking about is regulations and permitting, safety, pipelines, dredging, trenching, and job opportunities in those areas. And if you want more information, contact Fletcher Technical Community College in Homa. They do have some limited scholarships available. Uh, something else that's uh, kind of neat coming up, um, and, and it's not technically open to the public because of the, the COVID protocols at the university, but at Nichols John Foltz Culinary School, uh, my friend Barry Toops, who has... Mrs. Rose Bread and, Back, Bed and Breakfast at Crawfish Haven will be doing a pardoning of the crawfish. You know, similar to the pardoning of the turkey during Thanksgiving, we have a pardoning of the crawfish ceremony. Now, it's not open to the public, as I said, but you can live stream it on the Louisiana Seafood Facebook page. It's going to be going on this coming Tuesday, the 23rd, at 10 a.m., and there's a link to the, the live stream. This will be the fifth annual pardoning of the crawfish, and you might want to check it out. It's a lot of fun. Also, a bass cash bash continues. 
as they say, you don't want to be that guy. Uh, you might recall us having P.D. Vincent on a couple weeks back. Uh, this goes on in Texas, Alabama, and Louisiana Delta Waters. You can get all the details on their website. That is BassCashBash.com. Check it out, and don't be the guy that misses out on a truck or a boat or some huge cash prizes. Get on top of it. All right, let me take a look here at the uh, text message. Yes, someone here is talking about the Slidell Fishing Pier. Uh, it was scheduled to open in March, but because of some delays, it looks like it's been moved to the end of April, possibly early May. So if you like to fish off that Slidell Fishing Pier, it's a wonderful pier right there where I-10 uh, meets the North Shore. Uh, got good facilities there. Uh, cleaning station, bathrooms, great place to bring the kids. All right, um, here's a, uh, a text that says on the, the fish limits doing fish kills. He says it's kind of bold, you know what. Uh, if the dead are fish, if you find one, the size shouldn't matter. If they dead, what would they do with them? Well, basically, they, they're recycled into the ecosystem, and uh, sometimes they might relax that and allow it, but, you know, by allowing undersized fish or over the limit that would encourage illegal catching um, and I guess it's very hard to enforce but a lot of people share that opinion that when the fish are dying or dead we shouldn't let them go to waste and make use of them but so far that has not been announced in fact we haven't had any actual reports of extensive fish kills here in Louisiana Texas on the other hand uh, they've got some problems over there. They actually instituted a, a brief closure. I believe they've reopened it back up over there now. All right, we're going to take a time out. We'll come back and get to some more of our fishing reports and info. If you want to text us, 504-260-1870 for the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, I've got some texts in people wanting to volunteer for the next Bayou cleanup down there in St. Bernard and looking for the contact information. Uh, the guy that coordinated this is uh, Jimmy Corley, friend of mine. He's a professional duck hunting and fishing guide. Uh, he goes under the name of Waterfowl Specialist. And I'll give you his phone number in a minute, give you a chance to jot it down into your phone or maybe write it down. But Robbie Campo at Campos Marina, he's also a good contact. Jimmy's phone number is 504 258 44 that's 504-258-4431. They're talking about having the next one sometime in March, next month. And uh, although Robbie said they got five truckloads full, uh, there's still plenty of, uh, of trash out in the bayou that needs to be cleaned up. We had so many storms and high tide events this summer that uh, it left us with an awful lot of uh, bad stuff in the marshes. All right, let's see. Uh, we got another one. Oh, thank you all of y'all for the uh, get better soon and take care of the voice stuff, and we will do that. Uh, Justin's in the Gentilly Refuge. He wants to know if Chris and Seth Lecoq are related. Chris is our television editor, producer, and Seth is a, a musician. And, yes, they are related. Uh, Seth has done some of the theme songs for our Bayou Wild TV show. Which, by the way, if you uh, haven't caught this week's show, if you're a duck hunter, you don't want to miss it. Uh, we took a trip up to Catahoula and hunted with Blake Swallow and his sons at Full Strap and Stringer. 
We also did a feature on the way on a guy named Dale Bordelon, who is kind of a throwback to the old days, not kind of. He is a throwback, kind of like the old market hunters used to be. He uses a 1925 shotgun. He made his own dugout canoe or piro. He makes his own paddles, his own wooden decoys. He also makes his uh, own duck calls. And he actually wears kind of the old stuff that they would. He doesn't have any bright new camo patterns and stuff like that. And he, he takes along his coffee and a glass jar. Watch the show. I think you'll really enjoy seeing this guy and, and get an idea of what a travel back in duck hunting times might have been. And if you uh, haven't uh, been able to pick up Bayou Wild, well, we're all over the place. We're on Cox Sports TV, Thursday nights at 7, Sundays at 7. Uh, Saturday mornings will be coming on a little while at uh, 6.30 on WBRZ Channel 2. Uh, on Saturday morning, we just went off from at 4 a.m. on My 54. That's Channel 54 in New Orleans. We're also on the ETEL system uh, today at noon. Uh, tomorrow at 6 on Vision, uh, tomorrow night at 7 on the Louisiana Connection Network, which is Cox Channel 140, the Southeastern University Channel, that's at 6 p.m. Thursdays, Channel 199. And if you can't get any of that, you can always pick us up on YouTube. And if you want to do a binge watch, just go to BayouWildTV.com, and all of our past episodes are posted there. All right, coming up in just a few minutes, Daryl Carpenter will find out how the Grand Isle area has fared out during this freeze. And we're also going to check in later on with Daryl Sherman of Stella Plantation down in Plaquemines Parish, the site of next weekend's Gunning for a Cure. A lot of fun and we got a special harem team I'll tell you more about, too. All that's still to come on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And let's check in with Captain Darrell Carpenter, find out what's happening down in the Grand Isle, Leeville, Golden Meadow area. Darrell, first up, uh, any reports of fish kills that you're aware of? We have not seen any fish kills, Don, not yet, anyway. Um I'm a little concerned of what may have happened up deep in the marsh, but as far as Grand Isle is concerned, I've been watching the, the, the temperature gauges real closely. And, you know, that water, the water took a nice slow retreat on water temperature, and it looks like it bottomed out uh, mid-40s, 45 to 44. In fact, it's, it's hovering, you know, with this last cold snap, it's hovering right around 45 to 44 again this morning. Um we had a couple of, it, it was, you know, we had ahead of the cold snap, we had some decent water in the marsh, and, and it took a hard nosedive, of course, once the fronts came through. But I don't think it was anything drastic. I, I think it gave, you know, if, if our theory is correct, it, it gave those fish time to get out of the marsh and, and to get in those deeper holes. Um you know, we had a good flush. I mean, we had the second front come through. We had a good flush of water. The water was really, really high yesterday with those south and southwest winds blowing. Um, you know, so it, it came back up, warmed up a little bit. But, of course, with this next snap, it, it's just going to drop back out. The water is probably the lowest today that I've seen it all year long. Um, and it, it's evidenced, obviously, that the, the fish did survive because, of course, I don't, I, I don't think there's probably 10 people been out in a boat in this stuff in the last week. <laughs> but the deep holes, the deep holes on the side of the road, 
the depots up in Golden Meadow by the boat launches, they're all producing really nice speckled trout catches this week because those fish had nowhere else to go. So it looks like they made it into the depots, and hopefully we won't see a whole lot of fish kill. You know, I'm, I'm really not understanding why they had such trouble over there in Texas, you know, because all of that that occurred was kind of along the real lower coast of the Gulf, and you would think those fish had time to get out. But evidently it got a lot colder and a lot quicker over there than it did. Uh, I did talk to uh, Captain Kirk over at uh, Hackberry, and he said he did see a few trout in Black Lake and heard about some fish killed in Salt Ditch. It was speckled trout, but it wasn't a whole lot of fish. So hopefully we'll escape. You know, that water temperature's got to get about 39, 40. That's when it really becomes a killer. And it's got to stay that way for maybe a day or so. Right. And that didn't happen with us. And like you, I talked to Captain Buddy over there, Buddy Oaks over there with him the other day. And he was telling me the same thing, that, you know, they had seen a few dead fish here and there. But the good sign was they went and looked at the deeper holes. And, and you know, even in one case, he said, you look, in case those fish had, had sunk to the bottom, they got, at one point, they got in behind a crew boat that was churning up the bottom, running through the shit channel. And uh, they didn't see the dead fish coming up in the prop wash. So hopefully it was a, a minimal situation. And and I agree with you. It looks like it looks like the brunt of this front hit on that western side of Louisiana to to the, to the lower Texas coast. And I, I've seen a few of the pictures too coming off of Texas coast. And I, I, I mean, I just I can't answer for it. I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't. I wasn't able to tell whether a lot of those were speck trout, speckled trout or white trout. But uh, but you know, yeah, it looks like they got hit pretty hard. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not seeing a whole lot here, and hopefully, hopefully that's going to be the case that we made out well. Yeah, sometimes it takes a few days, you know, for it to materialize after the fish die, but uh, hopefully we'll we'll get away with it. Uh, Darrell, as far as returning to fishing when the water does warm up, how long does it take those fish to get out of that deeper water and start getting over those shallow reefs once it warms up? Uh, Don, when, when we get next week, when we get those temperatures in the 70s, you know, the water temperature comes up, especially close to Grand Isle, since we're right on the Gulf. It, when those water temperatures start coming up, we have one or two days of higher tides, and those fish are going to start. It's gonna, it all depends on the bait, but it normally doesn't take but one or two days. You get that bait starting to sun on those flats, and, and, you know, the bait starting to congregate up on the flats, and the fish are going to follow right behind them because – I mean, it's like you and me. I mean, you know, we probably all hibernated this past week. But, man, you give it another day or two and you let that sun come out and it start hitting 60 degrees, we all want to go out and clean up the yard, the mess in the yard kind of thing. So it it just feels so much easier to move around, and I believe it translates the same thing to the fish. Give it, you know, let some water come back in. Give it two days maybe, and you ought to be right back at it. Darrell, any reports of of offshore? I know it's been pretty choppy and bad out there, but uh, maybe before that that blow came or, you know, maybe some boats got out uh, yesterday possibly and uh, maybe today. Tomorrow looks a little iffy. Are you hearing anything on the tuna wahoo run? Uh, Hadn't hadn't heard a whole lot on the tuna. The wahoo just continued. I mean, the wahoo's been so good. I don't know if a whole lot of people spending time looking for tuna right now. Um, you're right. The trips have been sporadic. There haven't been a whole lot of people going out because you got to pick your window. But the ones that are making it out, man, I, 
you know, it's it's a shame that we're having the weather we're having this year because it looks like it's been one of the best Wahoo years that we've had in probably 10 years. Darrell, uh, we ran your sheephead cleaning method on uh, Bayou Wild last week's show. For people who didn't catch that, uh, kind of run through uh, your quick and uh, dirty method of cleaning sheephead because that certainly is a wintertime species. Well, I mean, it, it just it comes down to the to the ease of it, and to the you know, even you get these you get these knives now that are made out of these reciprocating saws, but but still, I mean, you can only put a knife through so much damage before you damage you know before you dull the blade. And the biggest thing, especially when you get into those bigger sheep head, is just don't fight the bones. It's the bones that that make you all the you know give you all the trouble and all the heartache. So all we do is, you know, we'll start at that head cut, and you know, you make that head cut, and the the rib cage usually comes in right below the lateral line. Sheephead have a very pronounced lateral line, so make your head cut, come down to the top of the rib cage, rib cage, and just carve out around the rib cage. Once you carve out around the rib cage, just like filleting any other fish, you you follow the backbone, and then, you know, depending on how you want to cook it, you can either leave it on the half shell, or you can go ahead and fillet it all the way off. Especially with the larger fish, there is a row of pin bones in there. You got to kind of be careful and watch the pin bones. Um, you can take them out when you clean, or you can handle it when you cook it. One or the two. Got it. Good tips and good advice, Darrell. We appreciate you all giving us all that info, and especially on that sheephead. Uh, you know, one of my favorite recipes is to put them in the crab boil and make cry, cry, mock crab meat. And you can stuff crabs with them. Uh, there's a lot of things you can do with uh, mock crab meat, and sheephead's one of the best. Well, they're, they're very versatile, and their, their meat seems to hold together. It's like the larger redfish. Their meat seems to hold together. I mean, I like I like doing the crab dip with it. I mean, the 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 uh, fish dip with it because they hold together real well. You get chunks of meat in it. I like I like them in a cuvillon. You know, it, it does real well. Um, it, it's a great tasting fish, but the meat seems to be just a little more, a little, have a little more texture to it so that it, it does hold together in those situations, just like you making your lump crab meat out of it. Got it. Daryl, thanks for the report. As always, we appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week, and hopefully we won't find any fish kills in your area. I think we're good. We'll be back on the water next day or so, and we'll find out. We'll see. Sounds good. All righty. Daryl, uh, if you would, tell people how to get you in case they're interested in the trip. Well, I mean, they can find me on your website at dontheoutdoorsguy.com. Of course, we're always available at realscreamers.com. Or just pick up the phone, 225-937-6288. And, Don, I will tell you, it looks like it's going to be a good summer because the phone's been busy. Ah, good news, good news. Thanks, Daryl. All right, bye-bye. All right, when we come back, uh, we're going to have a fishing report with Captain Mike Gallo again. We invite you to report any fish kills. We'll also check with him about the Lake Pontchartrain, Lake Bourne area. Uh, Brendan Bayard's got a paddler's report. Ryan Lambert, update us on Plaquemines. And Daryl Sherman's going to talk about the upcoming Gunning for a Cure Sporting Clays competition. Going to be at Stella Plantation next Saturday. One week for today, not too late for you to get a team involved. Back with all of that right after this pause on the outdoors with Down to View Radio Network. And welcome into our number two of the outdoor show. Catching up on some text messages. I uh, got this one in. 
Uh, says, Mr. Don, they're catching lake runners on the North Shore. Never forget the pipeline canal used to smoke them. Get well. That's Big Mike and Bayou Liberty. Now, lake runner, for those of you not familiar with that name, that is one of the many names for the red ear sunfish. It's uh, probably known better around the Atchafalaya Basin as chinkapin. Uh, some people call them red ears. Uh, lake runners, a name around the metro New Orleans area, and they get pretty big. Used to have a lot of them in that marsh over there uh, off of uh, uh, St. Bernard area, but uh, for some reason, Highway 11 around Slidell, I think the saltwater intrusion has kind of driven them up into the freshwater rivers and marshes, but it's a great fish, and this is prime time for those lake runners, so you might want to get out there and get you some. All right, we also have uh, some more text messages coming in by Gary, who says he's a fishaholic. <laughs> Let's see, Gary's got, uh, um, oh, he said that, he talked about he heard the fish being caught off the side of the road in Hopedale, but a lot of people are keeping over their limits. That's sad. I think they have the right to catch fish, but not over their limit. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and I got to tell you, uh, whenever that happens, uh, Robbie calls it a jubilee when those fish get stacked up in there. Uh, generally, the game wardens show up, and a lot of time they're in plain clothes, and they might be fishing there right across the bayou or right next to you and keeping an eye on, on you and counting your fish. And a lot of people have been surprised when they get ready to leave. They also leave with uh, a little piece of paper in their pocket called a, a citation. So obey the size limits and the creels limit. All right, uh, here's one from Toby. He and Gary are in Carnarvon, and they want to make, they hopefully make a check in the Carnarvon Bass Tournament. They want to pick up some money. Uh, they should have brought their own water. It's low, low, low. Yeah, we're getting a lot of reports of extremely low water, so if you're going to be going out there, uh, certainly be careful. All right, right after this pause, we're going to come back with Captain Mike Gallo, get a fishing report on his areas, and hopefully there'll be no fish kills in that area, too. Checking on it for you right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And it's time for our fishing report with Captain Mike Gallo, brought to you by CETO, $179 for a whole year's peace of mind. And it's uh, weather like this when you really appreciate knowing if you run out of fuel, need a jump start, towed in 24-7, CETO is there. Captain Chris will sign you up. 504-301-4545, or visit CETO.com. Captain Mike joins us now. And, Captain Mike, we've been checking on fish kills so far, so good in most of Louisiana. Any problem or trouble over in your neck of the woods? I have not heard or seen of any fish kills, Don. I checked with Shanna over at Wrigley's Marina just a few minutes ago by text. And she has not heard or seen of any fish kills. So, so far, that's very good news for us as well. Um, hopefully that continues. Mike, have you gotten a fish at all with all this deep freeze weather we've been having? No, it's been some very nasty weather over at my area. And, and I remember what you told me many years ago. You're supposed to go fishing to enjoy yourself. And when the weather's nasty, you're not going to have a whole lot of fun. So I've heeded that advice and didn't make any trips this week. Just been working on my dock when I get some time. So where will your first spots you hit now that we got a little bit of a, a warm-up coming back? 
Well, like we heard a lot of the other reporters talking about deep water and deep holes are where those fish are going to move to when the water temperatures begin to drop. So areas like Gohegan's Canal, the Lakeshore Estate Canal Systems, the Eden Isles Canal Systems, uh, find you some deep water in there, which is plenty of it, dead shrimp on the bottom on a jig head, or even bounce a matrix really slow, and you should be able to find, like most have been talking about, the sheephead, the black drums, the redfish, uh, maybe even a flounder or two. I don't foresee many trout being caught at all. Um, as you suggested earlier in your show, definitely going to be a benefit to let the sun come up and leave later in the day, maybe leave at lunchtime and fish the, the hottest part of the day. Give yourself the best opportunity to catch some fish. Mike, you know, we tell people fish deep water. It's good advice. It's warmer. The fish are going to be there. They'll be a little bit more active. But sometimes in deep water, those fish will, will reach a stratification level. And I can recall, I'm sure you do too, that trip we made, I think Uncle Dan was with us, and we found those fish in that deep water in Lakeshore Estates, but they weren't on the bottom. They were suspended. I think if I remember correctly, they were right at 17 feet. When fish are suspended like that, but they're still deep, how do you get to them? Well, I would approach that in two ways, maybe even three ways, depending on how deep it is. If that 17-foot mark is only, say, two or three feet above the bottom, then I would make a drop shot with a long sinker on it to where I could suspend my bait upward. If that 17 feet were more than, say, three feet above the bottom, you could approach that type of technique with a sliding cork. And then the third way that I would approach that is with a light jig head. You'll want to use an eighth of an ounce jig head and maybe some heavier line like 12-pound test monofilament. And that combination is going to give you a little more buoyancy or less of a sink rate. And you can count it down. An eighth of an ounce jig is not going to fall very fast. might fall a foot every two seconds. So it's not going to be a very fast fall. A lot of times you'll be able to see these fish suspended on your depth finder and give you an idea of uh, where you want to start. If they're not hitting on the bottom, but you're seeing them on your depth finder, then you can try with those lighter jig heads and try to pull that lure in front of them and get their attention. Good advice. Uh, Mike, I did get a report of uh, the death of a manatee. Uh, over there near, I want to say, Wrigley's Lake Catherine area. Did you get that information? I did not hear anything of a manatee. Um, I know we saw one earlier in the year down by the wall, but I hadn't heard of any um, any of them passing, any of them dying. Yeah, no, they're very susceptible to cold water. That's why they're not here most of the year. They come, you know, in the summer when the waters are warm, and they hang out, eat vegetation, but uh, they get in big trouble, just like the fish do. And uh, you would think that, you know, they're kind of like a, a walrus or a seal in that family and that they would not. But uh, they, I guess maybe it uh, just gets them lethargic and they have problems feeding because they certainly uh, don't have gills and breathe like a fish would where, you know, immobility would be the problem. 
but I did get a report. And you might you might want to try to confirm that. I didn't actually see it, but I did get a, a couple of people report that. That is interesting. Hate to hear that. Um, he probably was staying, hoping for some crawfish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's sad because uh, they really are unique creatures, and they're fun to see them when they when they come around. Uh, Mike, if you would tell people how to get a hold of you if they want to make a reservation at the Lake House Lodge or get a fishing trip to fish trout or reds, tell them how to get you. Very simple. You can find me at aaofla.com. I'm also on your website at dontheoutdoorsguy.com or the reliable telephone, 985-781-7811. All righty, Michael, thank you very much. Stay warm, my friend. We'll see you next week. All right, Don, we'll talk to you then. Take care of that voice. I'm planning on it. There he goes, Captain Mike Gallo. All right, coming back after this, those of you who like to jump in a kayak or a canoe and go paddling for your fish, Brendan Bayard's got some tips for you, as he always does, right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And our paddlers report with the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club is a presentation of Massey's with locations in Mid-City, New Orleans, Covington, and Baton Rouge. And they've also got a fish pick contest going on, which Brendan will explain momentarily. But first off, Brendan, any fish kill reports that you're aware of? Uh, No, nothing really substantial, Don. There's a a few little tiny uh, bait fish spotted here and there in the marsh, but uh, nothing substantial, so uh, luckily, uh, hopefully we can get through this without a major effect on our estuary. I know in years past it's it's been pretty bad, but, uh, you know, I don't know if, uh, you know, I haven't heard of the right ones yet or, or if the fish got into some of those deeper holes in time, but uh, we'll see as this, uh, this week shakes out if anything uh, is discovered. Brendan, if uh, you would be looking for some deeper water, uh, maybe close to the road for a short paddle where those fish may be congregated in these colder times. Uh, where would you suggest going? Uh, if you're down Highway 1, certainly the uh, borrow pits along the old alley one between Fushan and Grand Isle op- uh, offer some opportunities. If you're out west, the LNG Canal in uh, by the uh, Calcasieu Point launch is a good spot for for getting some uh, dead-end deep water uh, fishing going on. If uh, if you're on Highway 23, you have the uh, the dead ends in the lock near Empire. You have Myrtle Grove, uh, lots of uh, just, you know, pumping stations you can hit on either uh, LA-1 or Highway 23 kind of dead-end areas. All those are the kind of areas where there's going to be less turn, uh, turnover with the uh, the water uh, at, at that dead end, and then it's going to keep just a few degrees more, and those fish might be congregating a little bit more. Those are those are often uh, community kind of fishing holes. I like to downsize my lures, kind of go with a little bit more finesse approach. Those those fish tend to see a lot more lures throw at them, and it makes me feel better anyway. And uh, you know, maybe some double rigs with some smaller crappie-sized baits always do the tricks for me. Brendan, let's talk a little bit about safety. 
because hypothermia is certainly something to consider during this time of the year with these really cold water temperatures. Any extra precautions aside from just being super careful when you're getting in and out of the, the, the kayak? Yeah, um, if you're wearing waders, you're going to want to have a wader belt. Uh, I also like to, you know, have people practice uh, if if they want to jump in a pool or something like that. If they're if they're not used to the effect of waders in water, because those can kind of certainly you know get people in a lot of trouble when they they get full of water. Uh, you know, the best thing to do would just be to unclip and kind of release those waders as opposed to try to try to work yourself with you know, the extra hundred pounds of water that might be in them if you're trying to get out um, and just be with a buddy because sometimes you can get stuck in mud and and, and uh, with these low water conditions, if you fall out of the kayak, you might be cold, wet, tired, and it's just too hard to get out of that muck and into the boat. So it, it, a lot of times it takes a second person to help you with that. Uh, go with a buddy this time of year and uh, be safe and, and be very careful when you're turning around in the kayak to put that fish in that ice chest behind you because that's really where it happens the most is when you're when your torso is contorted backwards and you're kind of just a little bit uh, unaware of that that tipping line of your kayak uh that would be the biggest uh time that i've seen people fall over yeah that practicing warm weather is certainly good advice uh brendan if you would explain the uh, Massey's Fish Picks Tournament that's going on, the prize structure, and how do you get signed up and registered? So if you uh, show up at one of the Massey's locations, uh, you get a Fish Picks token. If you're a Bayou Coast member, you get that token and you bring it with you fishing. You catch any uh, uh, redfish, uh, speckled trout, flounder, bass, and you uh, you can do it with uh, There's different divisions. There's fly fishing divisions and there's traditional tackle divisions. Uh, you catch that fish, you place it on the board, you put your Massey's token on there, you take a picture, and you upload it uh, on the Fish Picks forum that is in the Bayou Coast Kayak Fishing Club forum. And then Massey's will tally those uh, those uh, links up. Oh, actually, I apologize. That was last year. This year we're on the, uh, the Tourney X Pro app that we've been using for tournaments. So you just go right on your phone, upload it. It's even easier. And uh, at the end of this month, Massey's will tally up all those uh, those aggregate links, uh, the the links for the kids' fishing picks, and uh, they'll have a prize ceremony at one of these Massey's locations, usually the one over there in uh, Mid-City in New Orleans, and uh, great prizes get awarded, and uh, it's a free event. All you have to do is get out there and, and bring your Massey's token. Yeah, and to get that, you start off at bckfc.org and go from there everything else is all lined out yes sir brendan anything else before you go uh no we we don't have any uh events for uh at least a month and a half so uh it's just uh just wintertime fishing i wouldn't get out there as early as you can you can usually uh be like me and go uh bring the kids to a basketball game and then go in the afternoon so uh no rush right now with the <laughs> water temperature and uh just take it easy Absolutely, and I think we're going to see some of that stuff we used to have called sunshine. I think there's going to be some of that. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, sir. Thanks, Brendan. We always appreciate your reports, my friend. All right, Don. Take care of that voice. Bye-bye. I uh, will do it. I uh, will do it. All right, coming back after this, yeah, for bad voice or not, we always have a bad boy to tell you about. 
Got a third-time offender this week. His story's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, I got a little calendar item just now coming in, if I can get it brought up for you. Uh, Might be something to do on a good cold day if you don't want to get out there and brave the cold in your fishing boat. Uh, Well, let's see. Today at the Public Library, Jefferson Highway, River Ridge, Saltwater Fly Tying Class by the Vice President of the club. Uh, That's from Jimmy Hyatt. Kyle, uh, D-U-L-E, Duel. Anyway, questions and answers about fly fishing out of kayaks. Uh, You can also win a door prize. Again, that's going to be 10 o'clock, Public Library, Jefferson Highway in River Ridge. You know, um, a lot of the cases of these bad boy stories we bring to you start off with Operation Game Thief, hotline calls or tips to the 411 app. And I'm happy to tell you they pay out a lot of rewards. Uh, They just recently uh, paid out $4,200 to residents statewide at its last meeting. They had 13 cases. Uh, 17 subjects were apprehended with 71 offenses. Uh, The cases involved deer, migratory game birds, turkey, and also convicted felons in possession of firearms. This program, I remember when it started, was in 1984. And since then, they have paid out, get this number, $446,810 in reward money to informants. And all done anonymously. So get you some. Call that number, 800-442-2511. It's right there on the back of your hunting or fishing license. Or use the TIP 411 program. All right, we come back after this. It's this week's story of the bad boys. After we let our local stations identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fishery Agents Lieutenant Adam Young and Corporal Josh Lavalette were on patrol in the area of Grand Bayou in Plaquemines Parish and observed a boat with Jeremiah Phillips on board actively gathering oysters by hand in a known polluted area that had been closed by Department of Health. The agents determined that Phillips did not have written permission from the leaseholder to remove the oysters nor did he have basic fishing or saltwater license and confirmed that Phillips' licenses have been revoked because he failed to pay civil restitution owed in a case back in 2019. Apparently, Phillips is a repeat bad boy. His record shows this is his second offense for fishing without a license, third offense for removing oysters from a private lease, second offense for no permission, and second offense for harvesting oysters from a polluted area. His one sack of nasty oysters was returned to the leased area. So for those offenses facing maximum criminal fines of $3,800 up to 120 days in jail and a 10-year requirement that he only take oysters from a boat with a monitoring system is 40-year-old Jeremiah Phillips of Port Sulphur, our bad boy of the outdoors. You know, uh, earlier this week, our Bayou Wild uh, TV team uh, went up to White Oak uh, Estates and Garden with Chef John Foltz 
And we did uh, four recipes that you'll be seeing on future episodes. Uh, we did a Siopino, uh, we did a Ratatouille, we did a Woodcock Supreme, and Specklebelly Goose with Orange Marmalade. And in talking to John, he did most of the talking, obviously, with my voice like it is. But he told me that he loves to listen to the bad boys. And he often talks about his brother, Royley, who has been on the show, who is a reformed bad boy. Used to be one of the the baddest, but uh, he's now reformed. So say good morning to Chef John Foltz, probably listening on his way in with Ryan. All right, we come back after this. Another Ryan joins us, Ryan Lambert, Cajun Fishing Adventures. Up next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And the Plastic Man is Captain Ryan Lambert of Cajun Fishing Adventures. Uh, Ryan, I would imagine since all the corn up in Iowa and Missouri's been eaten, and everything frozen solid, you probably couldn't get to the fish for the ducks that showed up down there this week. Well, there's a lot of ducks, buddy, but, you know, there's so much that goes into that because the day after the duck season in Arkansas, they drain those rice fields and get ready to start putting rice in them. I mean, the day after. So it was already dry. Plus, when they start draining them fields and the weather oh yeah the ducks are down they are down in big numbers but you know it's one of the things it's been one heck of a week this has been the coldest weather that you know coldest winter in general that i can remember in years i mean throughout the season we got in the 30s we usually get to 39 maybe one night down in beers we were in the 30s a good bit this year but uh it's been good the only good thing about you know what happened with the fish is that all that water in Buras is just just water it sits on a little peninsula that it controls that temperature from going too low most times and that's what it did again we got down you know pretty cold but not cold enough to kill the fish now our neighbors in Florida I mean in Texas they got hammered I mean I see nine and a half pound fish floating around it is not good it's going to take years for that to come back. Yeah, I believe you're right. Ryan, nobody watches the Mississippi River closer than you do. What do you think all of that snow and ice up north of here is going to mean for the the river later this spring and summer? Uh, Well, you know, it's going to come up naturally, you know, when when it all comes melting down. But really, it takes a foot of snow to make an inch of rain. So I don't think it's going to be so bad, not more than normal. I mean, it's calling for five five seven on march 10th if we could get into april with that river under seven foot we are going to have one heck of a trout season this spring because you know the selenies are hot they run at 30 parts per thousand at the empire jetty right now in fact they got the the davis pond diversion running eight thousand cubic feet per second to try to flush some of that water away from those oysters you know because too much salt water will the drills will come in and, and parasites will get on them and kill them so you know, they have to have that happy medium between 5 and 15 parts per thousand for that production of oysters. But they got a little high and started hurting some of them. And, you know, they got the diversion open, which is going to help Cotahuatchee and Salvador because it's going to grow some aquatic vegetation in there. And, you know, everything comes around. I mean, it's, it's going to be a good season there. And actually, if they leave it open long enough, it's going to help the ducks because that, that aquatic vegetation in Lake Salvador and, and the Salvador Game Reserve will come flying back. So, you know, it, it could behoove everything. But I don't think that we're going to have too big of a problem here with uh, 
with fish kills. I heard a little bit in the West. You know, some people said they saw some bait fish and stuff dead, but, you know, I haven't seen anything or heard anything in, in our area because, it, you know, it stayed pretty pretty high, the temperature, you know, 30 degrees or so, enough to burn my hibiscus. That's about it. <laughs> now, up in Luland, it got pretty cold. Yeah, I think this cold extended further down the coast than many, many years since we've seen it that cold, particularly down, you know, in your area, which is kind of like Florida almost. Yeah, incorrect. It, 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 to the west, it really, really got cold. It snowed at Noliasi, 100 miles south of the, the border at my other lodge. Oof. I mean, it, it's, it, it literally snowed down there. You know, I've seen a 36 down there and sleeting on me before, but snow is kind of a rare thing. So I would imagine it killed the fish all the way down there again because it killed them in 2016. And Laguna Madre is such a shallow body of water, and that's got a great deal to do with it. If they get caught in those shallows, and that's, you know, all of Port A and, and Port O'Connor and all that. That's the, the Laguna Madre runs all through there. And then that hypersalinity water, it gets cold. It just, I tell you what, it's, I, I feel for them because I've seen the pictures and it's got just big old speckled trout dead everywhere. But uh, I, see, I saw a film from Port O'Connor today in the harbor. Thousands of redfish swimming around still alive. So, that's a good thing. You know, you got to look for the bright spots when you get something like that. Because I remember in 82 and 89 when we lost our fish, it was devastating. You know, back then, Buras had all that 60 foot of water and those fish were able to get down there. That's that's how, actually, I met Bill Robichaud back in the day because that freeze killed everything in Lafitte. And, and he came down and fished with me a few times and we became friends. And, you know, it's... uh. We don't have that 60-foot of water anymore. That All that marsh died and filled up all those big, deep holes. And uh, we got enough 12-foot 12, 12 of water that they could have got in if it got any colder. You know, we wouldn't have lost everything. But, what uh, is that I river? That I went river there that water temperature. The tide was high. What's that, buddy? River water temperature. What is the river normally at, the temperature? This time of year, it's it's in the low 40s, cold enough to where if you get in it, <laughs> you're not coming out of it unless you can get to the bank really quick. So yeah, so it's, it's not helping. Most of the well, it does yeah, actually. You know, it's in the, it's not going to help make it warmer, but it, it it's so much of it that it's already cold and it's flowing. You know, our water's flowing, so it keeps that constant temperature too. You know, whereas Laguna Madre has has a tide really. It's very still body of water. And, and that, you know, that behooves the cold for killing those fish. I mean, we're kind of lucky the way our system works. You know, it, it's any time it gets still, that water can sit there and get cold. But if it's moving, it's continually, you know, if it's 30 degrees outside and you got 43-degree water that keeps moving through there, it's going to pretty much stay there because it's coming from the depth. So I don't, you know, like I said, I don't think we had much of a problem in my area. Uh, Ryan, uh, before you go, you know, uh, when I see days like this, this kind of a morning, boy, I think of rabbit hunting. And I think of that oh, great man. rabbit hunt we had down at Southwest Pass. Uh, how's the rabbit hunting been down there? Good. It's, it's been good. I, I know some boys that were just going down there and walking up, and just walking without dogs or anything, just, at, you know, in the briars. I wanted to go, but the ducks got in the way again at Noliasi. And, they, you know, I'm all cracked up, as you well know. So <laughs> I made another push on them. And yesterday I went to pick up a new boat. So I'm going to bring it down today. And 
put on my power poles and start rigging it, rigging it out the rest of the way and get ready. Just got another another 23 skeeter. That's what, I like that boat. So I'm going to go down today. And then tomorrow I'm going to jump in my little boat and I'm going to put my drone up. I'm going to fly over all the marsh and get a real good look from about 20 foot and see if there's any fish under there that's dead and that kind of stuff. So I get a better look tomorrow to see what's happening. Oh, and by the way, I want to thank you for sending that video from your shot cam. That is uh-huh. very, very helpful in showing people the proper leads on the different angles. I sent a copy to Martha, not that she needed it, but just so she could look it over, you know. Yeah, if, if, they, if they don't look at, at just the ducks getting killed and look at how you pull ahead of a duck or you, you shoot those angles. And I'm going to take the crosshairs off of mine so next time I'm going to have the red dot. And, and that, that last video, I didn't even, I just stuck my shot cam on. I didn't I didn't center it really good, so it looked like I was shooting a little under them. But, no, they was dying. <laughs> yeah. that's, no, that's, that's very, very cool. useful. I'm, well, I'm going to bring mine this week. I told Laney and them we're going to put them on their guns. And that way, after the shoot, they'll, they'll know exactly why. But I sent it to all of them so they could see the lead, you know. People don't understand, right. you know, like some of those far shots, you have to pull, you know, I use a, um, a sustained lead when I shoot. But even if a sustained lead, you got to put it way out in front of them. It doesn't feel natural. If you shoot something out there 50, 60 yards, it don't even feel natural like you're shooting at the bird. You're so far ahead of them. But. You know, down there, you know, we shoot lead, and you can really get out there and touch them with a 20-gauge, two- or three-quarter-inch shell. So it's, you know, it, it looks <laughs> it looks a little different than it is not back home. But it was uh, one of the best hunts I've had in years and years. I mean, it was, especially for this late in the year, it was unbelievable. So I'm going to get all my dates for April. If anybody wants to go down with me, I'm going to take all that in April and make all my plans for this year because it's it's special i I gotta get you down there yeah i got to go all right well look the harem team is ready they've been training hard they're running a couple miles every morning they've been diving (laughs) they're staying off the booze they're ready to go so we'll look forward to seeing you down there I, uh, i can't wait buddy but i'm calling bs on everything you just said They are not well, on the booze, and they are not running two miles, I promise you. <laughs> well, maybe I exaggerated a little bit. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see you All next right, week, buddy. buddy. Anybody, Take care. Anybody wants to get a hold of us, go to CajunFishingAdventures.com and check it out or give me a call at 504-559-5111, and we'll get you hooked up. Get that voice right, back going, buddy. You. Yes, sir. All right, gunning for a cure is what we're talking about. And uh, the director, uh, Daryl Sherman, going to be with us next to tell you more about it right after this. All right, our harem team from Cajun Fishing Adventures is ready for gunning for a cure one week from today. Stella Plantation down in Plaquemines Parish. And I'm going to let Daryl Sherman, because you're probably tired of hearing my scratchy voice, tell you a lot more about it. Good morning, Daryl. Tell us what awaits folks next weekend down at Stella Plantation. Next weekend, we're going to have Gunning for a Cure. It's our eighth uh, event. It's an annual event. Uh, we're going to have registration starting at 8, so anybody that's coming, probably get there a little bit early. We're going to be serving breakfast. We have sausages, biscuits, and grits and griots, coffee. Um, registration's at 8. We'll start to shoot at 9. Uh, lunch will be served on a course. Uh, I think we have in 
little pork sliders this year, if I'm not mistaken. And then after the event, after the shoot, uh, we'll go to the event tent and we'll go ahead and uh, tally up the scores and get some good food, some open bar, get some good alcohol, and have a good time. And this is four-person teams shooting sporting clays. So um, tell us about the, uh, the entry. Uh, how do they get signed up? Can they just come down there, or is there a cutoff time? There is not a cutoff time. They can come down. Uh, the easiest way right now, because we're so close to the event, is to go online, uh, www.gunningforacure.org. You can go online, register your team, put in your team's name, put in the people who are going to shoot, and uh, you just pay right there on, on the website, and you're done. This is such a generous event put on by the Perez family at Stella. Uh, tell us what the proceeds are used for. All the proceeds go to Tulane Cancer Research. Uh, all the money stays here in New Orleans for Dr. Sauter. Over the last seven years, we've raised approximately $1.2 million for them. So we're trying to keep the event growing, and uh, I think we're going to, you know, with all the with all the challenges of this year between the hurricane, uh, Stella got hit pretty hard. So we did lose uh, a couple buildings. Uh, the oak trees don't look as good as they used to, but uh, also you had the pandemic, so everybody that shoots knows how there's such a shortage of, sh- of shotgun shells right now. But we're able to pull everything together, and we hope that everybody will come out and enjoy the event. And it's still a beautiful place to have it. Uh, again, give us the information for registration one more time. www.gunningforacure.org. And best directions to get down there? Uh, you can either take the ferry, the Bell Chase Ferry, and when you come across, uh, you take a right, and you go down about eight-tenths of a mile, and you'll see Stella Plantation. Actually, we have signs out to make it easy for everybody to get in. Or you can actually go through Chalmette like I do and uh, come up the back way. So that's two ways to get there. Highway 39, hard to get lost. What time does that ferry start running? I'd have to check on that down, but I think it's 5 o'clock if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you can either contact yeah. the parish or look it up. I believe they have a website to get the exact time, but um, that I don't know for sure. Yeah, but it's early enough to get across. Thanks, uh, Daryl. We'll look forward to seeing you down there, my friend. Okay, real quick, I agree with Ryan. I don't think your team's training that hard. <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> Thanks, Daryl. I hope you get better soon, Daryl. Yeah, you, thank you much. Yeah, you thank can you meet our team, Laney, Laney Wick. Uh, we're also going to have Ashley Marshall. Uh, we're going to have uh, Janice Lamont. And uh, one more. Who was that other one? <laughs> Sarah Giles. Yep. Come see us. It's our shooting team at Gunning for a Cure. See you next week, hopefully with a better sounding voice on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network.